Welcome to Board Box Extras. Our goal is to share the best of blockchain gaming with our community, matching great players with great games that they'll love. To learn more about Boardbox and our partners, go to boardbox.io and grab a Boardbox NFT to join our private community of gamers. All right, let's click the start button and get to it. All right, Tony and Wyeth, I uh, I decided to go with music from the original Total Recall. It felt it felt right. <laughs> Are you serious? Like yeah. the '80s version with Arnie? Yep, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, I didn't recognize that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I don't know when you know when you you guys uh, recently shared a preview of uh, where you're at <laughs> with um with the with the uh, danger room and in and the in game sort of vibes and uh total recall felt it felt good i hope you take that as a compliment it's meant to be i love that movie <laughs> i love it was ridiculous well. oh yeah totally um the the remake not so good if you haven't seen the original total recall everyone who's listening i highly recommend it um but before we get uh two uh two into 80s uh sci-fi movies uh what Sharon Stone at her peak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Um, <laughs> welcome, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for, for tuning in. Um, I'm super excited. This is my first uh, Twitter space that I'm hosting of 2023. I'm really excited about a great year of gaming. Uh, Uni- Universe is going to play a really big role in that. Um, as I alluded to, um, the team shared some preview footage with me, which uh, they're planning on releasing on the 17th of January. Um, it's looking super polished, upgraded physics. The look and feel is really crisp. Um, I'm, I'm super excited. Um, if you guys want to allude to anything or talk about, um, you know, what you've shared so far during our chat, please do. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of formally introduce everyone first, um, on, on my end, uh, board Elon, um, co-founder of Boardbox. um, purveyor of uh, fine blockchain gaming goods and uh one of my favorite things to do is to help introduce people to great games that are either released or coming soon um via the board box community and uh the team over at um Universe has been kind enough to you know have a bunch of conversations with us over the last few months and to take time today um as they have their uh, upcoming rayu mint um arriving this week. So um, we'd love to introduce uh, Tony Harmon and, and Wyeth Ridgeway, uh, CEO and CTO of the Uni- Universe. Um, and, you know, I know you guys have done quite a few interviews over the last few weeks, which is great. You're, you're so um, active with the community. Um, in case anyone's listening today, who perhaps is, you know, tuned into some of your previous conversations, um, you know, in addition to getting a quick bio, would would love to hear something new. Is there something that you haven't shared about yourselves or your backgrounds that people might be uh, intrigued to hear about? Uh, let's see. Um, no, I mean, the biggest thing about this, Tony, the biggest thing about my background is um, I always look at where the industry is going and you can't jump there right away because you typically will fail as a company because there won't be enough market that supports it. But literally I've been doing this for a long time. I was leading, you know, some, uh, some of the biggest hits from eight bit systems where, you know, you know, people know about, uh, 16 bit systems. People know about Doc here in country. I was involved with in killer instinct and, uh, titles like that. But I did a whole generation before that. And I was involved with 32-bit systems, 64-bit systems, mobile gaming, free-to-play. 
and now Web3. So I don't really, even though Web, you know, people said, you know, you have a traditional, you know, Web2 background. I go, not, no, not really. My background is I, I chase mass market. So I'm really into concepts that are very mass market orientated and you have to wait for markets to mature a little bit to actually support the size and the breadth of the games that I typically like to be involved with. That's great. And, and Wyeth, before we jump to you, I, I do have to say it's kind of funny how uh, powerful the bit, the bits of the system were, were you know, advertised like 16-bit, 32-bit. The, the N64 <laughs> was kind of the last time anybody cared about that, right? We never had 128-bit marketed. Um, so that was that was the cutoff, I guess. <laughs> yep, you're, you're right. It, it was a very big deal and it was very much marketed. Um, at, the, at that point, it was a huge deal and it was forefront for even all the consumers. But um, yeah, right now we, 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 you get past that, you know, and you get enough power to do certain things. And, and then it gets back to the gameplay, you know, how do you make something fun with it? You know, and then the next system is going to kind of one up the previous system. And it's, you know, kind of a never ending cycle. But people have thought less and less about technology in the last few years um, and more about concepts and business development and and things like that. You know, free to play has nothing to do with technology. You know, a community owned franchise, which we're really after, has nothing to do about technology. I mean, a little bit about technology, but you can see what I'm saying. It's less about the processing and the graphics power right now and more about connecting people. Um, we love Web3. It's an amazing opportunity for us to be able to reach directly out to our community, have them support us early and um, come along for the entire ride of uh, the development of the project and the release of the project. No, that's great. Wyeth, sorry we cut you off. We'd love to hear about uh, your background as well. As, you know, Certainly speaking of bits, uh, CTO role feels appropriate. Yeah, no worries. Um, actually, I, I was wondering if Tony would stumble into this, but uh, I mean, I consider game NFTs as a platform in need of a killer app. And, you know, there have been a, <clears throat> a bunch of games in that space, but, you know, they're early. Uh, I'm, I'll, I'll be polite about it, but, you know, we're waiting for the AAA games to come out that actually take advantage of this. And one of them is going to come out and really establish this as a platform for, for the gamer, the skeptical gamer who doesn't know why NFTs would be in there, they're going to download a game because their friend told them it's awesome. They're going to start playing it. And it's just going to happen to have NFTs in it. It's not It's not going to be, you know, the first thing. It's going to be like a, the natural part of it. And then people are going to realize that they can, you know, take their spaceship and trade it on an open market or, you know, their, their basketball or, you know, whatever that digital object is. And it's just going to feel natural. And then everyone's going to say, well, why, why haven't we been doing this all along? And so I equate, you know, this revolution to several that I've been through in the industry with, um, you know, when we were at the beginning of freemium games, and I remember there being massive backlash from gamers when there were like five or six freemium games on Apple. And, you know, within six months, everyone was like, well, of course there's freemium games. Or, you know, even going back further, there was a bunch of backlash to Steam when it launched. And people were like, oh, they can have their own marketplace? That's ridiculous. But you know, again, within a year, two years, you know, they launched um, Half-Life. Everyone had it. Everyone had a bunch of games. And, you know, no one questions Steam right now. It's, it's, that's what we need is that killer app for games and NFTs. I don't know if we'll do it. I hope someone does it before us. I love not forging the, you know, always being on the very, very forefront of everything. But, you know, at some point, it's just going to be natural. And certainly the Universe is a vision for combining those things. Yeah. Um, a little bit about my background. I mean, I've been 
you know, parallel to Tony being in business development, I've been in a CTO for 20 plus years. Most of my career has been working with top franchises like um, NBA, uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, South Park, just tons and tons of licensed stuff. And one of the reasons why this is such an interesting project to me is because we're really changing the relationship on how a franchise works and what it offers to game developers and, and, and the community generally. Um, you asked for like something I haven't said in a previous interview. Um, I learned to program by copying programs from a magazine with a TRS-80. There used to be this periodical that came out and you could literally make a game by just typing in pages and pages of source code and hoping you had no typos and it would just run. Um, that's that's my the beginning of my career in gaming right there. I love that. You're like a human chat GBT. You would you know pull in a bunch of data and then uh, sort of copy it, but then remix it and make it something new. <laughs> it's not the way they would teach anything, but you'd be surprised. You know, you copy a couple thousand for loops and suddenly you know how for loop works. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and just to kind of close the loop on this part of the conversation, I, I love that you guys are really focusing on the, the story and the game and the community and not on the technology. Um, you know, Tony, when you were talking about new technology coming in and that not, not necessarily selling the game, but the game itself being the, the game changer, like the Wii U remote had a lot of really different and foreign technology to people. Um, but then, you know, years later, hundreds of millions of people are swinging this thing around and playing tennis and bowling and all these other things uh, with each other. So um, it just takes kind of a few use cases and then everybody sees it as normal. And I, and I think we're now looking at a tech that is exactly the same way. It'll, it'll just become the norm once a few titles help make it happen. I think you guys are going to play a big role in that. Yeah, I remember, I remember uh, years ago visiting uh, Rare. I don't know if you remember Rare, but, you know, they worked with me on Donkey on Country and Killer Instinct. And I brought Miyamoto to visit him, which was a huge event because he usually did, he didn't go to the outside Japan hardly ever and didn't visit developers at all. And Miyamoto opened his briefcase because there was going to be a debrief on the next system. He opened up his briefcase uh, in, the, in the days when he actually had briefcases and pulled out a controller and dropped it on the table. And he said, make me a game for this controller and rare's looking at him like well what's the spec of the system how much friends is that on the processor and miyamoto said again make me a game for this controller that's awesome. <laughs> you know, so... See, we, we, we pulled it something was... new out of you uh with this story that's a great anecdote <laughs> to, to to have that i've never heard that one and i've known tony for there decades you go. <laughs> there you go solid start um well, that's great, guys. Um, so for everyone listening in, you know, if you're familiar with Unioverse, um, you know what a Rayu is. Um, they've been kind enough to uh, grant the board box community uh, 20 allow lists. So uh, if you'd like to participate, uh, if you're listening in, we're going to share a secret password, a secret word basically at the end of the space. Um, and that's what you'll need to enter into the form. Uh, and you can find that linked or, or uh, pinned to the top of the page. Anybody can join whether you are part of the board box community or not. Um, so please do participate. And um, if you're not as familiar with Unioverse and you're, you're newer, uh, we'll talk a little bit about what a Rayu is and why you should want to be uh, part of that action. So I think we, we talked a little bit about history, guys. But, um, you know, you, as you mentioned, you've been in the space for quite a while. You've watched over the decades as things have, have um, evolved. What, what do you, in terms of game publishing, game development, what do you think needs to change? Um, you know, certainly with with this new technology that we're looking at, you know, from a blockchain perspective. And then conversely, 
what do you think is going to continue to thrive um, in gaming that doesn't necessarily need to be, uh, you know, thrown out and, and rebuilt? I'll give a stab at this first. Um, for me, I, I pretty much um, left video gaming like, other than helping out some, uh, some, some people mentoring for a few years because I hate the business model. I think the business model is just God awful for video gaming for developers. Um, it still works barely. It still works for publishers, but for developers, it's pretty awful. Um, you, I mean, right now, 30%, you know, the stores do a transaction and they get 30% versus, you know, a two and a half or a 5% type of transaction. And so they take 30% off the top then to be re noticed and recognized in these stores, whether it's, you know, Steam, Google's, Apple Store, et cetera, et cetera, you actually have to buy users. And the reason you need to buy these users is you need to be recognized in the charts. So you do massive amounts of user acquisition. It almost is almost never below 50% of your revenue. So, and it's usually above that. So we're talking a minimum of 80% of the revenue does not go to make your game better. You as a consumer paid money and the money went into a big corporation like Google's pockets or it, or went to a marketing company that did user acquisition for users, but none of that made the game better. And that is infuriating to me. Um, and, it, you know, on top of that, you know, free to play is frustrating, but that's a whole nother story. But what's really excited me in 2021, and I always been sitting down, you know, Wyatt and I have tons of lot, uh, lunches together and we want to work together and we we're sitting down watching NFTs take off and everything. We're like, man, could we could deliver real utility. I mean, we could actually build a franchise. And we just started talking and throwing about ideas. I said, you know, I, when I was like saying, I don't, you know, Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, Take-Two, they own all my IP from the past. Why don't we do something? Why don't we reach directly out to these communities? We can do that with social media now. Web3 is illustrating. You can do it. NFTs are awesome because of the smart contracts. And let's build a phenomenal franchise, not a game, a franchise, something really big. And let's just give it to the community from day one. You know, and that's, you know, so that's where I see the biggest changes have to occur for me is we have a completely different business model. Uh, we don't sell anything in our games um, or in our first party games. And so we don't pay any money to these big companies. We don't do any user acquisition because we don't care about users we care about our community we want to just serve our community because of that 80 percent of the money that was spun out of the market we don't need that we just need we can survive on less money and really focus just on making a great franchise for the community yeah i, I love that i mean i've seen some pretty well statistics of certain mobile games spending up to 90 percent of their revenue on user acquisition all of that going back to you know uh, Apple, Facebook, other platforms, uh, and as you said, not going back to the game. So that that's pretty frustrating to hear. And a, a definitely, I think that's a that's part of the the business of business of video games that a lot of players don't necessarily think about or understand. And I think it's really important uh, for people to to learn that and and to understand like when people ask the, the the question of, okay, if I'm getting value from from games, like if it's if it's helping me out, if why sh you know should I embrace this technology and sort of community led um game you know game development like what how is that even going to work right well guess what like all that money that isn't going to advertising is now going back to the game itself and to the players so i, I love that um why if any any hot takes from you in terms of maybe what needs to change and what what can stay the same yeah and you i mean that last thing you said completely resonates with me uh 
the 21, the 2021 statistic for user acquisition spending, which they, the, that industry boasted about for gaming was $21 billion taken, taken from gamers, right. And, and sucked out of the industry completely um, and didn't make any games better. And if you look at a decade before that, that wasn't a thing. Like it just, it wasn't, we weren't paying for user acquisition like this, you know, in the two early two thousands, this just became a vacuum for people's money. Um, and it's a lot of it's because of these trends in mobile gaming and whatnot, where it's closed ecosystems, you know, where someone controls visibility. And so, you know, to what Tony was alluding to, you can make a great game, but you're not going to get seen. You have to go as a developer, a mid-tier developer. Then you've got to mortgage your house to get enough money to pay for the user acquisition, to get in front of gamers. Um, and that just wasn't a thing. That didn't used to be a thing. And so that dollar that a user is willing to spend, you know, a huge percentage of it is just going right out of the industry. So part of this is a revolution to change that relationship and say, hey, what if we made a franchise? We don't give it to EA. We give it to the community. Anyone can build anything in it. Like, you know, imagine like a Star Wars, but you can go make a shirt and go sell it and you don't pay us anything. It's, you know, as close to a public domain franchise as we can make. And we're doing it at AAA quality. You know, with some amazing storytellers, amazing game developers, you know, all, all across the board, just trying to put something, you know, almost air quotes in the public domain that everyone can use. You can build games for. If you do build games for it, we'll pay you to entertain our audience. It's just transforming that industry. And the second part of your question is you said, what should, what should stay and what's good? Um, our, our vision for this, it's not single-player games. It's not long storytelling games. It's right into the trends that are super popular right now, which is like co-op and versus games. So things like Battlefront and Dota and Rocket League and, you know, any sort of online multiplayer game, you know, that's what, uh, that's what we're targeting. Those can all exist inside of the universe, and we want to recruit tons of gaming, uh, game developers to come and build inside of what we're providing. Um, so, so some combination of that and the trends in user generated content, like those are, those are popular themes. They're really, you know, they're the things that are driving everything from Roblox to, you know, even more, more current, bigger visions in the metaverse. Um, and I think those things, those, those are the things that need to stay. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, games like Elden Ring or God of War, you don't really necessarily need to change much. That model works. Uh, exactly. Yeah, nor would you want a skin, right? If you're running around by yourself. Like, what's yeah, the there, point? there are very few use cases I've thought of um, for blockchain technology and those types of games other than just to like prove accomplishments. There's a lot of people who do speed running and sort of, you know, kill a boss in a very unique way. And they want to post that online and make sure that people understand that they did it. That's really the only thing I can have, I could have thought of that you would, you, you know, want NFTs. But even then, it's, it's a bit of a stretch. I think the, the current model works just fine. You pay for a game, you play it, you're done with it, you move on to the next thing. Um, let me give you an extreme mm-hmm. side tangent, because, I, oh, I mean, I'm taking advantage of the fact we've talked about this for, before and you've had more time to think about it than a lot of the community. But um, imagine a game where you literally get one life to play and you're, you have to buy a Ryu, and if he dies, you can't play that game again. And you have some sort of career stats on him, which is how many games did he play and live and win through. And suddenly it's about that instance of that NFT and what history it's had and what provenance it has. That, that's impossible in any other uh, ecosystem. 
And those are the types of like weird tangential ideas that, you know, I think are really exciting for game developers. To I, play I hope someone builds that, that game in your, in your universe. I think that's fun. Right. I think it's a little too exclusionary <laughs> for us personally to do, but you know, you can get in a room in our discord with me and Dave and our other game designers and brainstorm things. And, you know, it's our, it's our goal to supercharge and inspire people to go then build with the, the Legos we're giving them. Yeah. So, yeah, we've got dozens of ideas that I think will come to fruition. So to that point, you know, really diving into community-owned franchise and what that means, um, you know, I've heard sort of variations of that being um, pitched by, by game studios. I think it means different things to different people. How how are you looking at, at what that, you know, like from my perspective, um, you know, there needs to be a little bit of centralization in terms of establishing the initial game, building this, the, the, the universe, the IP, and then you can kind of let people run with it. So how do you guys see yourselves involved in the community owned um, aspect of, of uni, Universe today? And then what do you think it would look like in five or 10 years in terms of your own participation in it? Well, I mean, for us, what we do is we, we control the rights um, to to generate the heroes. And then all the assets we create, we give we allow anyone to utilize them. We give them a license to freely use them. Um, what we what we see is we have 25 writers on the project. We're talking writers that have written on Star Wars, Clone Wars, Walking Dead, Bird Box, written the prequels and sequels to do. And these are phenomenal writers writing stories out there so that um, there can be games that take in part in all, you know, all corners of the universe. And so I think originally we want to do the first initial games, which actually proves the interoperability. Cause I think interoperability of heroes between the different games, that's the game changer. That's what's going to um, be the, uh, that's going to be the mega hit in the space that makes NFTs take off what I believe. And then eventually we want to be the center of the hub, the trusted company between the community and artists. And we want to step back and not make as many of the games and more fun and mentor, uh, fund and mentor other independent um, companies so that they can make games for the universe and continue to create assets for them. Just think, I mean, an independent developer cannot go to Disney and say, I want to make a Star Wars game. They just wouldn't even take the call, you know, and they cannot go to them and say, Hey, I want to make a Marvel universe game. They, you know, and even if they did do it, they would have to pay a 20% royalty and they wouldn't get any assets. So we get a few, you know, 2d pieces of artwork of uh, Marvel characters, you know, so that's not what we're doing. We're providing millions upon millions of dollars of assets, 3d models, skin rigged, animated to our community we're providing insane level of storytelling to the community for them to make games and the most important element is as we release these characters we're going to build a community of a million plus um, um, users that own these nft heroes and they are all looking for a place to drop those heroes in so we bring a community that is a way for an independent developer to be seen. If they release, if they're one of 4,000 games on Steam, they don't get seen. If they release a Universe game on Steam and our community comes and backs them and drops their heroes into it and downloads their game, they're going to rocket up towards the top of the charts, which means other people are going to want to play. When those other people want to play, they have to acquire a Universe hero to even get admittance to the game. So, so if I'm hearing this right, Step one, you guys are going to set a really good example for what games in the universe can look like. 
Step two, other people are going to come in, use the assets, build games that they think are awesome. Step three, um, you're going to spotlight, highlight the best ones from the community. They're going to rise to the top. And eventually, you know, the best of the best are going to overtake what you guys are working on. Um, and you become less of a game studio and more of a, a publisher in a way. Yeah, exactly right. And in fact, the games that we're building, uh, you saw some footage from our game, our Danger Room, and uh, hopefully you'll post that next week when the embargo's over. Um, that is showing something really specific. It, it, it looks kind of like an Assassin's Creed game. There's wall running and complex surface navigation. The, the reason we are doing that is because we are solving the complicated problems, inverse kinematics, the animation. And then we're taking that We'll make that into one of our games that shows like complex navigation solutions and hand that to our community and say, here's all the source code for this. So everything that we do is really just another Lego to provide game developers with the ability to solve problems. And one aspect of that that Tony just touched on is there's one of the problems game developers has is just making high quality content. So us building Ryu in many different resolutions and then the other six characters that maybe you've seen you know, are, are basically like a conveyor belt of characters coming off this um, production line. Th those are all just gifted to game developers and they can use them, build a game and not pay us any royalties, charge whatever they want. So we're trying to supercharge the game developers. If, if we do our job right, when you see a character like Krisha, you know who she is, you know what her voice sounds like, you know, you know what she's good at and what she fails at. The same way that you emotionally respond to seeing Wolverine or Boba Fett, like, we're not just making a hero that's a cool model that you can use. We're actually establishing a persona and a long-term investment in who that is and the fact that you own it and can play as that character. And then in, in the long arc of things, you said, what are we doing in five years? We're making that character better and better. So the NFT that you have today that looks you know, like a specific thing will then be added to and maintained kind of like a platform that gets better over time. So in 10 years, we'll have a better looking version of the Ryu that you own with higher res texture maps and better particle systems and ray tracing. And, you know, it is very much a service that you're providing and, and of a specific look of your Ryu. And it's our job to make sure that he's relevant across all the gaming platforms, across all game types. Um, so that's that's where we'll take over in the long arc, arc of our uh, work will yep. be. makes sense um i mean the the simple analogy for me is like pretend we're we live in a bizarro world and nintendo doesn't own mario but mario shows up in mario tennis and in smash brothers and in mario and rabbits and movies and like they you know they preserve the, yeah, the equity on. of the the character but people can build mario to do other things in different games but nintendo would yes. sue you <laughs> yeah, yeah. So th in this version, you don't you don't uh, sue people, which is nice. Um, that's good. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the tech, the community elements. Um, Ryu is kind of the star of the show right now. Um, you know, we're doing we're doing our giveaway. You guys have been uh, providing a lot of opportunities for the community to obtain a Ryu. Um, you know, in terms of what you're able to share at this point, can you can you talk a little bit more about this first hero, um, you know, who are they? What what inspired their look? Um, you know, and do you do you see them evolving over time? Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll talk to that. In fact, so if you go to universe.com and scroll down about two thirds of the way, you will see uh, some danger room footage just in the background video. There, um, we're actually going to update that to be a flagship piece at the top. But you'll see some footage of Krisha running around in our danger room, and you'll see some 
some footage of uh, Ryu in one of his lighting tests. Um, so that's one of the things that we're building. Um, sorry, remind me what the question was. Oh, just a little bit of the, the backstory of, of Ryu, kind of the, the oh, origin of and, you know, what, what yeah. inspired the look yeah. and feel. There, you've got quite a variety, you know, of, of them, but I, I guess at a, at a macro level, yeah, what, what led to this being kind of the first character in this world you're building? So we started with six characters, and the character, you know, we, we did all concept art on them, um, and they're, as a collection, they are meant to, again, give a variety of options to a game developer. So they are archetypes. He's, he's sort of the fighter melee archetype. Um, Krisha is more of like an assassin character. There's a healer character, a character that kind of fills like a spellcaster role. So as you look across them, you, you would kind of, they'll jump out at you as like the characters you might see on a character selection screen. And they'll have different, you know, pr strengths and weaknesses. So that first six needs to accomplish that set, that, um, that need, so that developers can make lots of different types of games. Now, one of the types of games you might make is something like X-Wing or some vehicle game where, you know, where the character's literally just in a vehicle, you know, driving around, in which case you need to hopefully emotionally register with the character, but it's physiology or whatnot doesn't really matter. But that gets then back to, you know, backstory and who they are inside of the Universe. The, uh, without going way off <laughs> into what the Universe is, it's essentially some technology that we discover on Mars that lets you transfer a consciousness across the universe instantaneously and it takes us to this hub of like ancient technology that then unlocks the ability to go to lots of different planets and interact with lots of different races and so you know you'll end up somewhere sort of like star wars you know where there's dozens of different races thing with strengths and weaknesses um ryu's you know an ancient race that's largely extinct um he has a very interesting backstory in a comic that's actually going to launch every one of our heroes has a comic that sort of sells their persona and some of their backstory. And then there's a unifying sixth comic that um, sort of brings them all together. Um, but, you know, that's the flavor for what we're pursuing. And he's sort of the, you know, archetype for a lethal hunter. Makes sense. Kind of like an avatar uh, that can tra travel through space to uh, be on in different locations. Um, it, it, well, now the Total Recall uh, music at the, at the front feels very appropriate right uh, i did not <laughs> you didn't even I did know. Not plan that um that's great yeah and you know it the first iteration uh certainly has a look and feel um can can play in a lot of different types of games wouldn't necessarily fit into like um you know animal crossing but hey if somebody wants to make a ryu in animal crossing that could be uh, that type of a game that would be funny um well, I joke about a Mario Kart, but only slightly, because, you know, like a death race Mario Kart with these heroes, I think would be the phenomenal sort of um, uh, multiplayer drop-in instant play type of game, right? I mean, you need to thematically adapt it to, you know, advanced sci-fi, lethal gambling, you know, Game of Thrones sort of audience. But, you know, any multiplayer game that's fun, you should be able to map to the assets and the world that well, we're building. And, and so that was kind of my, my follow-up very nerdy question. If you guys had to pick one game, hypothetically, pretend there's no legal restrictions that you could just pop a Ryu into, um, what, what game would that be today in the sort of traditional gaming space? I'm curious what Tony's going to say. <laughs> let's see. I have my own opinion. Yeah. Everyone in the company's got an opinion, but let's see what Tony says. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean... 
we definitely have opinions. I mean, I'm more of a more of a ca- uh, not a casual like in you know super casual games, but I love the Mario Kart types of games. I love multiplayer party types of games. You know, Mario Party types of things as well. So I could see a collection of characters in a Mario Party style of game. Um, but you know, if you go ask me my favorite games of all time, I mean. I'm going to say like Metroid and Zelda and things of that nature. So I, I like a, a variety of games, but tend to be much more mass market orientated than the people who are doing super hardcore um, gaming experiences. I mean, what about a Killer Instinct clone? Like there absolutely yeah. can be a versus fighter you yeah. know, or even a brawler, you know, five different people fall into a, a yeah, I, and are brawling. Yeah, I did, you know, Killer Instinct and I did um, Chronoblade. Uh, which is fighting and those games are 100% dependent on on the team skills I mean I I would love I would love to do a game in that genre but there are so few people that are good at those kind of fighting timing animation games in the world that it we would have to be able to uh, attract that type of talent to it but yeah that that type of game makes complete sense for the universe and actually let's let's call that out because um one of the things that we're going to do is partner with teams that are already doing something really, really well and provide them with the content and the game design and the oversight. Um, so, you know, opportunistically, there can be all sorts of games inside of the universe based on, you know, the development relationships that Tony and I and Dave all, all tap into. Yeah, no, make makes sense. And I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll chime in for, for Tony. I do love party games as well. And they're all very light and fluffy, but if there was a bit more of a darker, uh, <laughs> a bit more violent version of Mario Party, but with uh, with uh, with Ryu, I would play it. That that sounds amazing. Um, but certainly, you could see, you know, you mentioned Assassin's Creed or a God of War. Uh, it has that kind of look and feel, um, but with a with a sci fi bent. Um, so curious, you know, you guys have been at this for a few months now. You've built a really incredible c- community. Um, you know, contrasting to what you're, what you've experienced in the past, what lessons have, or considerations um, can you share about like designing a game where players have far more skin um, involved, right? Like most games, they basically work on it for a couple of years. They start to release information about it. Sometimes they, they do some early testing and they get feedback. You're getting a lot more community input from the get go. Um, why is that great? Why is it not great? <laughs> what, what, uh, yeah. What have you learned along the way? Hey, Tony, yeah. maybe mention our parallel to star citizen. Cause I think that's a good, you know, yeah, good context I mean, for people. I mean, if you know, star citizen to me is an NFT game before NFT games, <laughs> you know, they went out there with the concept with a great designer, went to the community on Kickstarter, raised a couple million dollars. They kept going on to, uh, release additional assets, um, that excited the community and dressed the community and uh, raised, you know, what a $200 million north of $200 million for the game. So the community really enjoyed being involved with the process and, you know, star citizen really you know, kind of opened the door and said, Hey, we're thinking about this. Would you guys like this ship? And, you know, people all ponied up money for the ship and that helped drove the next phase of development for the company. So um, I really enjoy sharing sharing uh, information with uh, and opening up for the community so they can see how games are developed. We have a world building series that we do um, and we release, um, which highlights um, members of the team and what they're working on and um, 
how games and stories and the franchises are built. We have, you know, developer logs where Wyatt is sharing with the team what's going on in terms of development. I run a creator series with the Discord community, trying to get people involved to create things. You know, we wanted a t-shirt for the company, so we had a couple hundred submissions from the community. We printed up five of them and gave them away. You know, we, we were going to, you know, have them, you know, help, you know, name planets, write backstories for planets, help write stories for our characters. The community is really into it. And the more the community sinks time and energy into it, it becomes their project. And what happens when you have something of this nature is it's very sticky. People don't spin out of it. One of the biggest problems for games right now, especially free-to-play games, is people play, hit a paywall, they stop playing. They play the next game, hit a paywall, they stop playing. Once in a while, they'll play longer, but it's just too easy to enter and exit games when you have a free-to-play mechanism. When we include people in coming up with ideas, working on the project, sinking their time and energy in it, maybe do some user-generated type things for the community. Those are all sinks that you know, buy loyalty to the project and allow you to do a lot of things that you'd never be able to do with the project that just shows up as free-to-play, runs its short life, and is done. Yeah, no, I, I love that. If you know that you had a tiny bit of input that ended up in a, in a game, you're going to tell every single person you know about that and, and recommend they play that game because you're proud of it. It's not even, you know, it's not for any other reason than just to say, like, I played a tiny role in this. And it's 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 a social currency that is really valuable. So I appreciate that you guys are doing it that way. Um, you know, on the flip side, um, and it hasn't seemed like you've dealt with a lot of this, it, it also means you have thousands of people sitting on your shoulders to some degree and making recommendations and sometimes, uh, you know, expressing displeasure. But at the same time, you're earning a lot of trust by doing this the way you're doing it. And so hopefully, um, you know, when there are, uh, you know, stumbles or, or any kind of issues that pop up, people are a lot more understanding versus what you see from gamers when they get mad at, you know, the likes of EA or Activision and they don't give them a lot of grace, right? Because they haven't been part of the process. Yeah, we have a structure too where we we reward people for helping the community. So we have legends and super legends in our world. And those are people that can, can give a lot of their time to the community and helping people out. So yes, there are a lot of things and even down to fan level art for the project where um, it's not only myself getting feedback, but the legends are giving feedback and the super legends are giving feedback and that's all, all valuable as well. So the community actually is kind of curating some of these ideas and help percolating the best ideas up as well. So yes, it does start out with thousands of ideas, but some of them get tremendously liked and promoted within our discord and within our community. And, you know, we jump on board and, and hear them out. Um, there was a phenomenal idea yesterday um, that 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 uh, one of our super legends brought up, and we actually implemented it immediately. So, it, it's a great interaction. I I love it, and I, the more I can do for the project to include people and creators. I mean, not everyone can draw, right? Not everyone can program, but people can write stories, or maybe they can write fantastic tweets, you know. And it just uh, we got there's there's a role for everyone in our project. No, that's great. And I'm sure, you know, you, if you haven't already, you'll be hiring people full time uh, from your own community as well, uh, which is a much easier path than using recruiters. Um, so we, we definitely are going to get to sharing the secret word, uh, code word for the, uh, the giveaway. We also want to do some Q&A. Um, so if you, if you do want to come up on stage and, and ask some questions about Universe of, of Tony or Wyeth, please do request it and we'll, we'll bring you up. Um, but before that, um, just one more question from me. 
Um, you know, we started, we just started the year 2023. Um, I never want to ask um, game developers to promise hard dates because that only leads to tears eventually. But, you know, looking at 2023, the rest of the year, you know, what can you speak kind of broadly what you see the next 12 months looking like? Um, perhaps starting with the most immediate uh, big uh, date that you have coming this week. Yeah, so uh, next week we, actually this Sunday, people who have been collecting our protons and our, our collectibles, I don't, I don't know if we stumbled into talking about that yet, but we, we give away these free collectibles, follow us on Twitter, you'll see a link. Just collect, it takes seconds to collect them, and if you hold them, you gain these things called protons, which are sort of like a point system. This Sunday, we're minting Ryu, so people show up and pay using those protons to have the right to mint a Ryu. And um, <clears throat> you can expect several more heroes to launch this this year in a similar basis. So even if you start collecting today, it's not it's never too late. This is the beginning of a long roadmap of uh, us releasing these characters. And uh, again, those are all free mints. Um, and so it's really just a reward for people giving us their time and attention. Uh, the other thing that we're kind of committed to, again, in that vague, in that vague sense, is um, you know we we want to give someone an interactive thing to do. That is what that danger room is. Um, how far we get with it, we'll probably iteratively release it to the community. But that's going to be that thing that you know you can log in, use your Ryu. You have to own one in order to interact in, in order to play with it, um, and that's really sort of fulfilling that first part of the vision of hey, this is. End to end, you know, heroes coming out at high quality that then let you use them. And the only way you get to use them is if you own one. So I mean, in a broad sense, those are what we're committing to. And, and we leak content all the time. So uh, as I, I alluded to earlier, if you are paying attention to our Twitters and whatnot, that you'll be able to see um, where each of those characters are that's currently in development. So start, some of them are still, you know, essentially at the post um concept stage so there's been concept stage sketches of them released some of them are rigging some of them are texturing you know it, those are just going to be coming off this conveyor belt and you know then when they come to the market they'll have a comic and you know character development story development um but that's that's what we're doing no i love it yeah we Wyatt and i made a commitment from the beginning we were at the, i remember sitting there on the table and i'm like yeah let's give away the franchise and it's like what do you mean giving away let's give it away <laughs> let's give away more than anyone's ever given away ever <laughs> and so we i think we are we're we're pushing almost a million universe collectibles that have been given out and people are playing our game where they can um actually take three of them and forge them into a tier two and then or take four of them and then take four of those tier twos and forge them into tier three and they collect pro tens which is our our kind of point system slash currency and then they can use those and buy the first heroes and people are really into this thing and it's just it's just shocking and we i mean why point out today we shot up to to the number one most uh popular nft collection now in terms of uh sales vol in terms of the sales um as of this morning you know so people are really really into this and um, I'm telling you, my personal goal, and maybe it's Wyatt as well, is to give away more cool stuff in 2023 than any project's ever done. No. Yep, absolutely. That's awesome. That's <laughs> uh, something we can definitely align with you on. Um, and yeah, you have an, a staggering amount of items that have already been distributed. So really, really smart, uh, you know, approach here, kind of using like a crafting system to to build your user base and 
um, give people an opportunity to level up to, um, you know, more powerful uh, game items. So um, cool. Let's do the the giveaway, the secret word, and then we can jump into uh, um, some of the folks who are on stage to ask questions. So if you've been patiently waiting, um, the, the link that's pinned to the top is for a very short type form. Won't take you more than a minute to fill out. The secret word you'll need to punch into one of the questions is Orion. O-R-I-O-N. Orion. Um, so, you know, it'll ask for your wallet address, your email, and the word Orion. Um, we'll let people who didn't tune in live listen to this and uh, fill that out today. Um, we tweeted sort of the, you know, the... Uh, the the, the end, end time where you have to get this um, you know submitted by but we did want to give people an opportunity around the world who maybe couldn't listen in live but can can tune in, in the next few hours so o r i o n and and by did we give you that you word you did yeah okay i was going to say that can't possibly be coincidence <laughs> he's a he's a hero in one of our in our historical story yeah that'd be funny <laughs> um i w- i i I definitely uh, wanted you to kind of bring up the significance of that. And um, I forget someone on your team. Yeah. Shared that as the, as the secret covert. So yeah, please do uh, please do um, fill out the form. And uh, of course, you know, give everybody uh, on stage here a follow. We'd love to have you both in the board box community. And of course the universe would love to have you as well, if you haven't joined their community. So let's jump into some questions and then we can kind of wrap up before the end of the hour. Uh, Borai, I think I saw your hand up first, so please go ahead. Borai, if you're there, I see yeah, your hand up. Yeah. Yeah. Hello? Yep, you're good. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Yes. Yep, we can hear you. Yeah, good evening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been part of the universe committee for like since early November or two. Yeah, since when it has been out. So um um so yeah, my question is majorly about the game. Yeah. I have been following the YouTube. The YouTube, the YouTube um weekly edition stuff, and what I see in the game is just um the um I see Ryu and I see Krishna, but what they, what they move about is just boxes. So is he is the game still being developed to the extent that there are going to be live objects like buildings, car, and stuff like that, or is just going to be boxes of them moving around and all of all this shit? Oh, you're looking at some old videos. Uh, go look on our main website, universe.com, and, and scroll down a little bit, and you'll see some footage that will <laughs> probably surprise you. And, and yeah, then att- attend the 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 uh, the, uh, the reveal party that we're going to yeah. have on the seventeenth, and we're going to show you some some kick-ass footage of what we're working on. That's awesome. Okay, yeah, you okay. yeah. My second question. Yeah, my second question is okay. Um, you, the total limit of the of the real collection is 20k, right? No, the eventual right. allotment is 100k. Uh, we are launching... So what's minting this weekend is 20k, and we haven't really said when we would launch anymore. But if you think oh, about the goodness. problem we need to solve, since you need to be able to have one of these characters in order to play the game, you know, we're thinking about how we eventually get to millions of people you know, having hundreds of thousands of characters... So his total rarity model is going to be 100,000, and that's it. Um, and on our main website, you can download our character viewer, and you can browse through the collection. Awesome. Yes, and, we, okay. and, there were also, and the Rays are also in, in, they're in 
rarity collections as well. So there's only going to be 2,000 ever legendary Rayus. And so that's a very, for collectors that are really into heavily collecting, that's uh, a very targeted small set that will, that uh, should be able to retain value. But we need also, people people who show up to our games cannot play our game without our heroes. So we need to have uh, a number that equates to a mass market success in heroes. Yeah, scarcity is not always great when you're trying to build a game for everyone to play. Uh, so the fact that you guys are, you know, putting out large numbers makes a lot of sense. You're building for the future of a game that actually wants players and not uh, traders. And yeah, we exactly. have, and also with the, you know, with our epics and legendary, our rares, epics and legendaries, we have scarcity as well. Yeah. So we have a combination of those. Hundred percent. Cool. All right, uh, Uggy, I think you were next on the list, so go ahead. Hello. Hey there, thanks for coming up. Thank you for having me. Um, I love what you all are doing. The collection is wonderful. Thank you for the free collectibles. On almost daily basis, we get to claim free universes. That's really nice. I'd love to know, um, would there be any form of, um, aside the game, will there also be a form of animation? Because from the comic, it looks nice, and it will also be nice if it be an animated series of, you know, Rayu and what they stand for, different galaxies and different um, races in the universe. Hey, Wyeth, I didn't. Did you get that? I didn't 100% get that. It cut out. I, it was pretty quiet. <laughs> did anyone know the actual question? Sorry, Augie, can you just quickly uh, restate your question? I said, um, besides the game, you know, would there be um, a form of um, animation of um, Rayu? Like the story oh, needs to be certainly the story needs to the story needs to be told more. Like what you guys are building is quite exceptional, and I believe like you should go beyond gaming and comics. Like an actual series should be brought out about this. So th that's interesting because uh, again, our job is to inspire people. So <clears throat> we're making a comic book, we're making a novel that um, is also coming out this year, and then we're also going to hand our assets over to um, the community and let anyone build anything. So some of that responsibility falls on us, certainly, and we will react to what the community does. But you might already see that the, someone's in our community taken some of the layered art from the Malcolm Orion story and is posting YouTube videos that are actually very well produced um, that tell some that do some of the storytelling. And honestly, we didn't think that the community would start engaging yet. We thought it would take a while more. But, you know, we'll react to what the community does. It's, it's our goal to empower people to do that. And there's nothing stopping someone from, uh, you know, uploading something on, on YouTube or, or even at a bigger scale and making money off of it. Um, and they don't owe us a penny. So, you know, we don't want to compete with them. But we also do recognize we have this uh, responsibility to make sure these characters are developed in terms of their personas and whatnot. So, you know, it's a partnership and we'll interact with our community and um, play whatever role we need to. Love it. All right, let's do one more question and then we can wrap things up. Uh, Panda, uh, please go ahead. Hey, board. Thanks for bringing me on stage. Um, hey, Tony. Um, I have a question actually pertaining hey. to something. I've kind of been uh, like following you guys along on all these different uh, spaces and uh, um, the, yeah, the questions pertain to something that you didn't mention here, but uh, it was on my mind and I guess this was the right time to ask this, but um, I'll quickly go over it. Um, you guys were building a, a bridge to have assets uh, fly between um, Unreal 5 and Unity, right? 
Yeah, we're um, we're going to develop uh, an SDK that a game developer goes and gets through the normal process for both of those engines, and they can just hook into it and it'll download the assets. Okay, awesome. So yeah, I, I was kind of scratching my head because uh, we kind of left. I kind of just left off um, uh, uh, there, and I was wondering. Is this something that's going to be exclusive to Unio 5, or are you guys going to open source this or provide this as a service to other uh, game devs so they can have um, their assets go between, um, if that's even possible, uh, to have assets fly between Unity and Unreal 5? No, it's it's both, yeah. <clears throat> okay, Our so goal, you... again, is to empower game developers, right? So we will target Unreal, we'll target Unity. We also have a WebGL build that I don't know that we'll ever publicly release, but... Um, you know, we're going to respond to the needs of the developers and the community. So it, we're, we're in one aspect of us is this asset development company that then provides an SDK that provides access to those features. Uh, got it. I got yeah. it. Okay. Just, just, to, just to rephrase, I mean, what I meant was that, and I think you probably already covered it, but like, is this going to cover, is this going to be a service that the other people outside of universe, like someone not in your ecosystem, can use on their game to to have their assets fly between you, uh, you know, uh, Unreal Five and Unity, or or is this no, just no, for universe? No, sorry, that <clears throat> in another life that might be a service we could provide, but we've already bitten off so many things that we're not okay. Yeah. We are a technology enabling company, but focused on enabling you know universe assets to get into games. Is I, that... that? Go ahead. Is that even technically possible to do that for like you can oh, yeah. make universal? Okay, cool. Well, no. <laughs> Hold on, you just added something tricky to that question. <clears throat> so the reason it's possible is because it is our full time job as a company to make it possible. Um, it is not conventionally easy or a problem that game developers would generally solve, right? But part of our difference thinking about what it means to have a franchise is us thinking that Krisha is a platform that needs to be accessible you know in as many different game engines as possible and so if she has to be rebuilt bottom up for her level of detail system in order to work effectively you know in mobile unity then we're going to do that and that is the work that we're doing and then providing back to game developers so that they don't have to do it so it's our responsibility to make sure that when you you know have like a purple outfit krisha she is represented in all of these different technologies across the Switch and the you know, PS, PlayStation, PC, all of these things. And it is a reasonable facsimile of her. But that is not easy or a straightforward problem to solve. It's just the, that is the problem that we're solving. Got it. Okay. Um, and the last question is that um, why did you even – why are you even in a position um, – um, that you have to transition uh, or try, uh, you know, uh, assets between Unity and Unreal Five because this is just my research. Is like you know, Unreal Five seems to be the problem, uh, predominant game engine going forward. So is there like, did you guys start on Unity and that's why this happened? Oh, I think I, I wouldn't agree with that assessment of the industry. I think there's there's kind of a separation of tiers between Unity and Unreal in terms of the game developers that are out there. And uh, something like 90% of all games are built in Unity. So right. it's an easier, more approachable thing. And certainly we can't, we can't ignore 90% of the audience, right? Um, if anything, going after the people doing work, you know, and you said specifically Unreal 5, which is even another step up from Unreal 4 and Unreal generally, right? That's mm -hmm. really a handful of companies in the world that are capable of working well in that ecosystem. 
And for the most part, those companies are working for, you know, EA or uh, Activision and they're, they're, you know, they're, they're the minority. So if anything, you know, we want to give the broadest possible uh, options to game developers, but, uh, you know, we couldn't ignore either of those in terms of technical roadmap. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. I just meant as in like a, a trend, I see more people um, going towards uh, Unreal 5, but obviously, you know, way more than me. Do you think that Unity, uh, are there any other game engines that we should be looking at at this point besides these two? I think you probably capture, again, like 95% of the people that would be open to making a universe game would use and be familiar with one of those two solutions. Everything else is gets into like fringe specialty uh, companies. It. Like, you know, there are people who are still using Valve's engine. <clears throat> I think Apex was built on it. Um, but those are really specialty companies and it, and it would be unrewarding for us to, you know, build an SDK branch for an engine like that, that three people could use, you know? So I think we capture the bulk of it with these, the stake in the ground we've put with these two. Um, and, you know, but again, we would respond to new trends. So if there's a new game engine that comes onto the market and starts gaining traction, we absolutely would have the responsibility and interest to, um, move the technology to another another technology thanks awesome tony thanks Thanks, for the great question um agree you guys are covering most of the bases with with the two and and honestly most um developers are only focusing on one so you're doing a great service selfishly i hope you also release files for 3d printers because i'd love to have a ryu on my shelf uh i don't i 100 percent hope someone does that right And, and that's another case in point where you could go do that you and you could go put it on your website and sell it, and you don't owe us a price. Okay, I now have so my side business. Somebody should, <laughs> somebody should hear me and do that. And I would love to see a Ryu action figure, you know, like with uh, GI Joe joints somewhere out Absolutely. there. Absolutely awesome. Well, great questions, everybody. Thank you for for coming up. Sorry we couldn't address everyone's, um, but it was a great space. Um, happy to say that as of right now, we've got four hundred people who. Uh, applied uh you know to to get one of the 20 ryu spots so very happy with uh, today's turnout um thank you so much for listening tony Wyeth, big 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 thank you for you guys to take your time and um you know introduce yourself to the board box community and for anybody who's new um and listening for the first time we definitely you know want to do lots of these throughout the year and of course check in with these guys again uh perhaps you know later in the year to see where things are at um, if you if you missed it earlier, the uh, the secret code word to fill out the form is Orion O R I O N. So please go ahead and do that if you haven't. Uh, Tony Wyeth, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Can't wait to talk to you again. Awesome, really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, we'll be back. Thanks for listening to this board box extra. Please note that none of what was discussed in this episode today should be taken as financial or investment advice. We are excited to share this content and encourage everyone to do their own research. Looking to go deeper, get more access? Join us at boardbox.io and grab a Boardbox NFT to join our private community of gamers.